You're listening to the RPC Sermons Podcast. You can join us for virtual worship every Sunday at roswellpress.org. Thanks for listening. Well, with lyrics like that, I don't even know if we need a sermon. That was fantastic. Uh, Welcome to Roswell Presbyterian Church. It's great to be in worship with you this morning. Uh, Today we launch our new sermon series, Nowvember. And some of you may have noticed, um, I recently got glasses, so now I can see if you're falling asleep. I also, really the only reason I got them is so I can do this move right here. It's powerful. So wait, wait for it. Um, Over the last 19 months, There's been a lot of waiting around, feelings of hesitancy, not knowing what to do. We've fallen out of our old habits and routines. Many of us are just standing still. We're in a holding pattern. And over the next three weeks, we're going to talk about what is God calling us to do now? How are we called to change in the present moment? How are we called to respond to the present needs? What are the decisions we're called to make right now? Today we're going to look at somewhat of an obscure passage from the Apostle Paul. We think it's probably the last letter he wrote before he died. He writes it to his young friend Timothy. And today's sermon is one I've preached before, if if it sounds familiar. I've tried to give actually a new spin on an old sermon that's been preached by many preachers in different congregations uh, over the past 50 years. But I think it deals with a perennial human problem, the problem of procrastination. So let us open our minds and our hearts to listen for God's word and God to speak to us from 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 9 through 22. Listen for the word of the Lord. Paul writes, do your best to come to me soon. For Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful in my ministry. I have sent Tychicus to Ephesus. And when you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas, also the books, and above all, the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did me great harm. The Lord will pay him back for his deeds. You also must be aware of him, for he strongly opposed our message. At my first defense, no one came to my support, but all deserted me. May it not be counted against them. But the Lord stood by me and gave me strength so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and save me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet Prisca and Aquila and the household of Anisphorus. Erastus remained in Corinth. Trophimus I left ill and Miletus. Do your best to come to me before winter. Eubulus sends greetings to you as do Pudens and Linus and Claudia and all the brothers and sisters. The Lord be with your spirit. Grace be with you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we ask that in the next few moments, you might be our teacher, that you might speak a word to our hearts that only you could speak. That these words written so long ago might speak to our hearts by your spirit that we might hear your call and we might respond to it how you desire us to. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Come before winter. 
Some time ago, a congregation member gave me a collection of their favorite sermons they'd ever heard. And some of them were quite old, and there was this sermon come before winter that another preacher in the area had preached, and he had preached and borrowed it from another preacher from First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh that was preached over 50 years ago. Over the past, you know, year or two, I've discovered that actually this sermon has been preached by many preachers in many churches and many congregations all over the country down through the years. One of the reasons I think it's been preached so often is because it deals with a perennial human challenge, the challenge of procrastination. Will we do what needs to be done today? Will we meet the needs of the present moment? Will we respond and do what God asks of us? This is a perennial human problem. Most of us follow Mark Twain's advice, never put off till tomorrow what can be put off until the day after tomorrow. In our text today, we have what most scholars believe is Paul's last written words. He's trapped in a prison cell in Rome. He's awaiting what appears to be his imminent execution. He is alone, he's imprisoned, and he is in need of help. And he writes to his friend Timothy, and he asks him to come quickly, come soon. He writes, come before winter. Bring my cloak, bring my books, bring my parchments, but most of all, come before winter, come quickly. So I have three questions I want to ask concerning this text. The first is, why come before winter? Winter was a notoriously bad time to travel across the sea in the first century. Even if Timothy was to take a land route, he would still have to cross the Adriatic Sea. The seas were usually shut down to shipping traffic during the winter, basically from mid-November to as late as the end of March. During the winter, the wind and the waves were too strong to sail. If you tried, they would capsize your boat. The wind and the rough water would capsize it. And Paul knew this intimately himself. He had actually experienced a shipwreck. And so he's concerned about Timothy's safety. And he's saying, hurry, come before winter, before it's unsafe, before it's too late. Paul is worried about his friend Timothy, saying, hurry. But I think also he's sitting in his prison cell and he's feeling alone. Notice at the beginning of our passage, he writes, do your best to come to me soon, for Demas in love with this present world has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Things have gotten difficult for Paul. He's held in Rome on a capital offense. He knows he's going to die soon. He doesn't have much time left with his friends and most of them have deserted him, fearful for their own lives. Demas, who's in love with this present world, Paul says, he's probably like, Paul, I may have to die, but I don't want to do it soon. See you later. Crescens, may I said, I have family in Galatia. I haven't seen them for quite some time. Paul, I'm going to go visit them right now. Take care. Titus has gone to Dalmatia. He's like, I got to go visit my Aunt Cruella. And so Paul is in his prison cell. By the way, you laughed way harder than the 930 because they were like asleep. I, I was like, that's as good as it's going to get. <laughs> Some 101 Dalmatian humor. Come quickly. Come before winter. A number of years ago, I had the opportunity to go to Rome, and I went to where they say was Rome's, uh, uh, Paul's uh, prison. And it's not really like what we think is a prison cell. It was more of like a cave. 
hewn out of a rock. And hopefully Paul was short because the ceiling was really low and you had to kind of get in there. And it was, it was damp and musty and it was, it was tight. And I can just imagine Paul sitting there and winter is coming, it's fall, and he's getting cold. And he says, come, come quickly, bring my cloak, bring my books, bring my parchments, but whatever you do, come before winter. That's why he had to come. Timothy, come before winter. Second question is, did Timothy go? Did Timothy go before winter? The Presbyterian minister who first preached this sermon was at First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh. His name was Clarence McCartney. And when he preached this sermon, he asked the same question. He said, did Timothy go? And in the sermon, he kind of envisions that Tim, Timothy had, had errands to run. He had a, a to-do, a checklist, and he couldn't get there. He couldn't go right away. He didn't go before winter. And so Dr. McCartney imagines that Timothy goes in the spring. And he goes there to Rome. He finds the prison cell, and he runs into a prison guard. And he says, I'm here to see Paul. And the prison guard says, oh, I'm so sorry. Paul's gone. You came too late. Paul's last words to me were, if my friend Timothy comes, tell him I love him. Tell him I miss him. It's goodbye for me. Tell him I'll see him in heaven. Did Timothy go? We don't know. But if he hesitated, if he waited to get his affairs in order, if he procrastinated, if he delayed, if he waited until sp spring, he may have missed his moment. He failed to respond to the present need. But I don't think Timothy did hesitate. But we can read from their correspondence. I think he went. He didn't wait till spring. He went before winter came. He's going to get there. I think we're blessed to be a part of a congregation that comes before winter, that, that we are willing to respond to the present moment, to the present needs as God calls us to. One of my favorite stories that I love sharing comes back from 1967. It's about Reverend Cy Mallard, who's a senior pastor here for over 40 years. In fact, this past Wednesday, a few of us went over to the Children's Development Academy here in Roswell, and we dedicated Mallard Field to his memory. All these kids now play on it. Over 100 children are taken care of. But do you know the, the origin story of the Children's Development Academy here in Roswell? In 1967, an African-American child died of malnutrition. People were shocked. How could this happen in our community? A group of women got together at this church and in our community. And they did some research and they figured out the best way to help people get out of poverty is through education. And so they wanted to develop a center they could educate and feed and take care of children. The problem was they didn't have a space. And so they called Sai and they said, Sai, here's our vision. We need a space. And Sai said, okay, I have to check with the elders. And then he hung up the phone. He told me this story. It's so funny. He said, he, said he gave it some thought and for a couple of minutes and he called the women right back. He says, I don't care what the elders say. We're going to do it. It's the right thing to do. And so they did. They met here at the church, and eventually they built this beautiful facility. Over 100 and 150 children in our community who are living in vulnerable situations are taken care of. They're educated. They're fed. They're taken care of because someone decided to meet the needs of the present moment. Didn't wait till next week. Didn't wait till next month or next year. They did it now. Don't wait for winter. 
Friends, we live in a world where there are vital needs that people have and God is calling us to respond with decisive action. God needs people to stand up for love, compassion, peace, justice. We need people who speak up and live the values of Jesus Christ. We need people who won't procrastinate, who will come before winter. After winter will be too late. There are vital needs that require decisive action. So Paul asked Timothy, come before winter. The third and I think most important question is, would you go before winter? Would you have come before winter? Ralph Waldo Emerson once said, you cannot do a kindness too soon for you never know how soon it will be too late. Do a kindness now, today. Come before winter. How many of us fritter away the moments of our lives on meaningless activities? We let the precious moments of our lives slip away and we don't even recognize that we sleepwalk through life. I came across a beautiful quote from the humorist and writer Irma Bombeck. She had a syndicated newspaper column that was published across the country about housekeeping. She wrote that famous book, If Life is a Bowl of Cherries, Why Am I Doing in the Pits? <laughs> what am I doing in the pits? <laughs> she went through several battles with cancer. When she came to what the doctor said was going to be her final cancer treatment, she was ending, approaching the end of her life. She wrote some advice that I think applies to a five-year-old, 85-year-old, and everybody in between. She writes, if I had to live my life over, I would have invited friends over to my house, even if there was a stain on the carpet, or I hadn't had a chance to change the upholstery on the chair. I would have taken time to listen to my grandfather ramble about his youth. I would have cried and laughed less while watching television and more while watching life. And when my kids kissed me impetuously, I would have never said, oh, later, go wash your hands. Mostly given another shot at life, I would seize every moment, really see it and look at it and never give it back. I would stop sweating the small stuff. I would never worry again about who didn't like me, about who had more than I did. Instead, I would cherish the relationships with which I had been blessed. And I would do something every day to promote my own well-being mentally, physically, and emotionally. Are we living our lives before it's too late? Are we reflecting on our lives, paying attention, not sleepwalking through life? Paul says, come before winter. Would you have gone? Would you come before winter? This year, would you be willing to take decisive action to meet the needs of the present moment, to offer a word of gratitude, to do a kind act, to stand up and defend someone, to spend time with your loved ones? Question is, will you meet the needs of today with decisive action? Will you come before winter? This has taken a very practical turn at my house when my wife said, Jeff, we're having a baby in two months. <laughs> you need to build a crib and the changing table. I hadn't been thinking about it. She said, they're not going to put themselves together. As my wife says, um, she's having a baby we are expecting. <laughs> For months, I was thinking, putting it off, procrastinating. But eventually, you got to do it. You got to respond to the present moment. Are you going to come before winter? Is there someone you need to reconcile with? Do it before it's too late. Is there someone you need to reach out to? Someone you haven't talked to in a while? Do it today. 
This is a time to seek help for yourself or for a friend. Don't wait. Don't procrastinate. Come before winter. Do it now. Paul wrote to Timothy and asks him, come before winter. And the question remains, would you have gone? Would you come before winter? Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you that you do call us in the unique situations of our lives to respond to the present moment with decisive action. And I pray that we might be a people that responds to those needs and how you call us. Lord, to bless our community, to bless the people in this church, to meet the needs of the present moment with decisive action. In your name we pray, amen. You've been listening to the RPC Sermons Podcast. Please let us know you're here by visiting roswellpress.org and signing our digital friendship register. May the grace and love of God be with you today and throughout the rest of your week. Thanks for listening.